Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Liverpool, the dark paranormal. Season 9 Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 9. First and foremost, a massive thank you to everyone who reached out with some correspondence last week. It's always great to receive your emails and don't forget you can send them to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com We've received lots of feedback regarding last week's episode and any feedback you have along, of course, with your true paranormal experiences are more than welcome to that email address. Once more, that's thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. Now, an email that we have received to that email address should be something that should make us all excited. Before we get into today's true paranormal experience, you may well recall that one of our most popular and talked about episodes ever was in Season 7, the story of Room 232, where our listener Jesse went to a college in Kentucky and potentially disturbed some very sinister practices. A lot of questions were thrown up about that particular episode, and I would encourage you all to go back and give it a re-listen, because next week we have a follow-up episode on Room 232. But keeping our eyes firmly on the present for now, we have the not-so-small detail of today's true paranormal experience to deal with. The very word, the occult, comes from the Latin to hide or to conceal, and today's experience deals directly with things which are hidden and the ramifications that come along with such concealment. And we also gain a hint that the dead may not be so quick to release their grip on their earthly possessions. But before we jump into today's fascinating true paranormal experience, we of course need to thank our wonderful team over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, You can also receive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites releases each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning that you never miss your paranormal fix. And there's currently well over 30 hours of extra content over there to binge. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have Nerissa Crutcher, Christine and Dante Bellafato, Julia Brown, Kristen Crozier, Lucinda the Wolf, Paul McDermott, Kenny, Cameron Foley, Richard Cruz, Alice Renee, Julie Ehi, Tracy Greer, 
Tracy Owens, Rocky Worden, Ms. Noon, Rianne Tulloch, Augustine Orta, Christy Ehrlich, Becca Smith, Yana Reed, Waylon Gibson, Laura Knight, Callie Dalheim, Rinsanity Art, Brenda Ross, Heather Fottrell, Lucas Basich, Ian Morris, Rene, Martin Strickson, Angela L. Thomas, Mandy Fitzgerald, Julie Rimmer Hunter, Evelina Aho, Octavia, Vicky Booth, Casey Karskaden, and Kyle O'Connor. Thank you so much, everyone. Your support truly means the world. And if you'd like to join our team, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. And before I forget, a big shout out to my little friend Chase over there in the States, whose mum tells me he's a huge fan of the show. You must be one brave boy, Chase, that's all I'll say. But right now, it's that time. It's time to lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about The Hidden. The home where my family and I experienced a plethora of ghostly encounters was a small two-bedroom guesthouse in the southwest United States, which my family rented out since it was the best we could afford at the time. Its layout was rather simple, and to help give a better visual, I'll go over the layout briefly. To begin, the home was located in the backyard of the larger main house. When you walked in the front door, you would enter the living room. Immediately on your right would be the bedroom which I shared with my brother, and to the far right would be the door to my parents' room. To your immediate left after entering the home, you'd find our dining table and also our kitchen, and to the far left you'd find the bathroom. The only historical information I could gather on the home is that it was built sometime in the 1920s. It was a small and humble home. And aside from the creepy occurrences, I found my time there to be enjoyable. Though I'm sure I would have thought otherwise had I known some of the things that took place in the home, which I learned in later life. To my knowledge, my family never did anything to cause the hauntings, and at least one of the spirits present in the home seemed to be intelligent, and acting with a clear objective. My experiences of the haunting were consistent throughout the years I lived at the home, with typical occurrences like feeling like someone was watching you, dark spots where it seemed like all light would disappear, sudden temperature drops, and things disappearing and reappearing somewhere else, if they reappeared at all. The first event I can remember where I saw something strange is probably the most impactful of all. One morning, my mum and my brother were in the bathroom brushing their teeth, and I was just diligently waiting outside for my turn. My head just wearing through the upcoming day's events what clothes I should wear, what people I might... I suddenly had a strange feeling that I should look to my left. As I turned around, I saw a woman in what looked like a simple wedding dress of light grey, a seemingly purplish veil partially obscuring her face. She was side on to me and never turned to face me. She never acted as if she was aware of my presence. She simply walked slowly with what seemed to be a somber expression from about the middle of the living room to my room. The thing is, the door to my room was not open, 
she walked straight through it. In addition, this ghost looked and moved just like a real living person would, the only difference being that she was completely transparent. Now, being a young child, I don't know why, but I didn't freak out. I simply just mentioned it to my mum, just as calmly as a kid would tell their parents they've seen a bird in a tree. To my knowledge, this was the only experience anyone in my family ever had with that particular spirit. I never sensed any negative emotion from her, though I did get the kind of feeling that she exuded a sense of desperation, kind of like she was waiting or looking for something. I was not able to find out anything about her, and now I only hope she's at peace. My next experience with a full-bodied apparition seemed to have been the most prevalent ghost in that particular home, and also the one, I felt, that had malevolent intentions towards me and my family. Whenever I had that eerie feeling of being watched, or whenever a room seemed to go darker than it should have been, I knew it had to be this entity. But... I only ever saw him once as a full-bodied apparition. One day, whilst playing outside, my family's landlords were towing a car that was having engine troubles into the driveway, since they were planning on fixing it in the backyard, which, in turn, was next to the guest house my family rented. While standing on the steps to the back door, I noticed a grey man sitting in the car that was being towed. I didn't think much of this until a few seconds later, when I looked down at my feet just to make sure the ball I was playing with wasn't rolling anywhere. After securing my ball in place, I looked back up at the driver's seat of the car, only to find it was empty. Looking back, I don't know why I again didn't freak out or get hysterical when this happened. I'm not sure if my younger self recognised this man in any way, but after thinking about this now that I'm older, I don't think this was the first time I'd seen or interacted with that ghost. Getting back to how the ghost looked, you'll have noticed I described him as grey. That wasn't because he was old. In fact, he seemed like a typical young male, in his 20s or 30s, wearing a plain white shirt and a short, buzz-cut hairstyle. The reason I described him as grey was because he appeared in complete grayscale, like an old-time black-and-white picture. The only difference being that, like the apparition of the wedding dress spirit, he, too, was completely transparent. Once more, this was the only memory I ever have of seeing the full-body apparition of that particular ghost but it wasn't until years after moving out of that home that I learned some startling details about him that still give me chills to this day. Like I mentioned previously, I wasn't the only one that had experienced ghostly encounters at this home. The first time I learned that someone else had similar experiences to mine was years later, when my family had long moved out of the home these stories I heard all came from my mum and dad. 
and started from around my teenage years all the way to just a few months ago, with me now being a young adult. The first story I heard about someone else's experience in that house came from my dad. And through the upcoming tales, I gained both a new respect and level of fear for whatever was in that place. This happened on a normal day, while my dad was alone at home. As he was sitting at the table eating his lunch with his back to the living room, all of a sudden, he had the strangest sensation of a presence behind him, almost willing him to turn around, similar to the feeling I felt before seeing the female ghost. The moment he turned around, he saw a young man in what appeared to be farmer's attire, a worn set of blue jean overalls with a plain shirt and some old work boots. It appeared as if this man came from the bathroom and was walking with a brisk pace across the living room towards my parents' room. When he reached the door, which was open, he stepped into the bedroom and started closing the door from the other side, disappearing from sight. But then something happened, which still scares me thinking about it now, as much as it did then. Before the door closed, whoever was on the other side stopped and left about a 30 centimetre opening in the door. Not as if he let the door swing and it stopped on its own, but more as if someone was holding the doorknob on the other side and deliberately held the door open so it wouldn't move anymore. All of a sudden, the man's head appeared in that opening that was left in the door, but it appeared sideways, almost as if he was crouching down so that his head was eye-level with that of my dad, who was sitting down at the table trying to eat his lunch. After locking eyes with my dad for what felt like an eternity to him, but was probably only three seconds, the man slowly closed the door never losing eye contact with my dad the whole time until the door closed. Now, this is when fight or flight normally kicks in, and kick in it did. My dad jumped out of his chair and in the span of no more than three seconds ran across the living room and opened the door to his room to confront the person, only to find the room was empty. My dad, still just imagining that this was someone that had broken into our home, immediately ran to the window to see if the person had jumped through there. But the windows were closed and locked from the inside. He then immediately ran towards the closet, but after a quick search, realised that there was nobody in there. That's when he had the realisation that the man he saw wasn't a burglar. We didn't live in the best part of town growing up, so it was completely possible that this man could have been a burglar. But it was impossible for a physical being to have left that room without making a sound. The only exit was the locked window and the door that my dad was now blocking. The difference from my encounter and my dad's, though, was that the man he saw was in complete colour and not see-through at all. Now, 
For years after hearing this story, I wasn't sure if the man he'd seen and the one I saw were the same person. I just assumed we'd seen different ghosts. It wasn't until just a few months ago that I realised that the ghost I'd seen was the same one as his. But before I get to how I made the realisation that we'd both seen the same ghost, I'll go over the second story my dad told me. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This next story wasn't experienced entirely by my dad, but it did help him confirm that the ghost he saw that day was real. One day, one of my aunts had a similar experience to that of my dad. My aunt was sitting at a table, eating some lunch in the same chair as my dad, when suddenly she had the strange feeling that someone was watching her. So she looked up from her food and turned to her left towards my bedroom. And that's when she saw him. At the far end of my bedroom was a closet, whose door was open that you could see clearly from the dining table in the kitchen. And there, standing in the closet, as clear as day, my aunt said that she saw a young man dressed in blue overalls and work boots, just looking straight at her. Just like my dad, the man was motionless, just staring at her. Then, after a few seconds, he turned to his right and started walking into what looked like the left side of the closet. Now, I don't know what's the deal with my family, but like my dad, fight or flight kicked in, and she jumped off her chair and within seconds was at the door of the closet in my room. She intended to confront this stranger, who she assumed was hiding in the closet. But to her surprise, the closet was empty. There wasn't a single trace of anyone being in there or moving anything out of place. Now, since my aunt was at our house alone at the moment, she was waiting at the dinner table, anxious to tell someone about what happened. And that's when my dad got home. She immediately started telling her story. But before she could get to describing the man she saw, my dad stopped her and said, Let me guess, he had blue overalls on. At this moment, my aunt was stunned. Just by her face, my dad knew this was the case. Once she was able to speak again, she asked how my dad knew what she was going to say. And that's when he told her that he'd seen him too. It wasn't until a few years later that I learned that the ghost my dad had seen had truly bad intentions. One day, my mum was talking about a time when my grandparents from my father's side came to visit us in the US from Mexico, while we were still living in the house. Now, whilst I was a kid, I wasn't aware that my grandpa had abilities. The simplest way to describe them was that he had the abilities of a medium. In other words, he was able to see and communicate with spirits. 
Getting back to the story, one day my mum says that she woke up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. Since my grandparents were visiting, they were staying in the bedroom I shared with my brother and we were sleeping out in the living room instead. Since she didn't want to wake us up, my mum slowly exited her room and as she began to close the door, she glanced up and there, sitting at the couch, was the figure of a man just watching me and my brother sleep. She felt her chest go tight and a scream welled up from deep within her. But just as she was about to release it, she realised who the man was. It was my grandpa. Once she calmed down after realising it was him, she walked slowly towards him and asked in a whisper what he was doing sitting there rather than in bed sleeping. And that's when the conversation turned rather scary. Grandpa looked panicked, alert, protective, and responded with, They don't let me sleep. They've been talking to me all night. I need to watch over the kids. My mum was shocked by the response. If she and my dad were both sleeping in their room, and my brother and I remained asleep as well, well, just who could he mean by they? It couldn't be my grandma, since she was the only other person in the house, and she seemed to be asleep. So his use of the word they really shocked my mum. My mum then asked him who he meant by they, and who was talking with him all night and he simply responded with, Don't worry about it. Go to bed. I'll stay up for a while and watch over the kids. Then I'll go to bed. My mum was a bit reluctant, but she eventually decided to do as he said and left him watching over us for the night. While it would be nice if the story of this encounter ended here, there's a few more details that I learned later on that may explain why my grandad had someone talking in his ear, and why he decided to watch over us for that night. But that comes in later. Now, I know I keep mentioning that the male ghost had bad intentions towards my family, but it wasn't until my late teenage years when I found out just how bad it was with my parents. I didn't get too many details from my parents about this, but apparently... Sometime after the male ghost had first made his appearance to my dad, all the way up to the time that we left the home, which was a bit under a decade's time, this entity was violent towards my parents on a regular basis, in particular with my mum. Apparently, on occasion, my parents would wake up in the middle of the night in pain, and after examining spots where they'd feel this pain, they would find bruises and scratch marks on their skin. And, as you might have guessed, these scratches weren't just an accidental scratch of the leg from a toenail. These scratches would appear in unreasonable locations. And more importantly, they always appeared in sets of three, as if three claw marks were left by some unknown force. Now, I'm sure my parents kept this from me and my brother 
whilst we lived at the house because they didn't want to scare us. But a few years after leaving the house, they ended up telling my brother and I about these events. This was because years later, even after moving out of the house, my dad woke up one night with pain on his back. And after having a look, we discovered three clear scratch marks on his back. Now these scratch marks looked like long but light scratches on his back. But as he described it, it felt like an intense burning pain. Now I found this very disturbing because my dad was a mechanic so he would commonly get far worse injuries whilst on the job and never bat an eye at these injuries. But this was one of the few times I'd seen him in that much pain. I'd seen him injure himself to the point of getting large gashes or bruises whilst at the same time barely reacting. So it left me stunned to see him showing so much pain and discomfort to three light scratches on his back. Thinking back now, I can't imagine going years living like this where scratches and bruises of this type would just appear regularly and it would be accepted as normal. Finally, we get to the details that I learned probably within the last year. I'll go over a few small details, but primarily, I'll be reconnecting back to my grandpa shortly. And how he did two things in life that showed that he did not take his abilities for granted, and that he used them justly. Continuing on, one detail I learned that might explain why, in my memories... I never overreacted when I saw the ghostly apparitions of the lady or that man that appeared in the car because, apparently, when I was a little kid, I had an imaginary friend. Apparently, my mum would find me regularly sitting in a room alone playing and having full-blown conversations with someone. And every time she entered the room, she would find me sitting alone talking to someone that wasn't there. Maybe my subconscious mind recognised these two ghostly entities years later, which is why it wasn't weird to me when I saw them. Who knows? Now we get to the last of the details I've learnt about this home, and how they might explain the interactions my grandpa had that night he stayed up looking after my brother and I. Apparently... One day my dad started talking with my landlord about how he'd seen a man in overalls in our home and that strange things had started to happen soon after seeing him. To my dad's surprise, the only response he got from the landlord was something along the lines of, Oh, don't worry about him. He allegedly just tries to get your attention to see if you'll make a deal with him. Rumour is... He has a lot of money buried somewhere on the land and he'll show you where it is if you make a trade or a deal with him, if you believe all of that. And that was it. She didn't want to speak any more about him. Needless to say, I was shocked when I heard this. Not only because it sounds like something out of a movie script, but because it made me think back to that night when my mum found my grandpa watching over my brother and I. I can only assume that the male spirit was the one doing the non-stop talking to my grandpa 
and he was the one that kept him from falling asleep. But it brings forth the question, if we take the myth as real, the ghost's deal involved a trade where my grandpa would get the location of some money hidden on the property, but what was the spirit asking for in exchange? Considering how my grandpa spent the night watching over my brother and I, I can only assume the male spirit, maybe, wanted one of us. As I give this last detail, I'm brought back to the only reason I even started writing this all down to share on the podcast. You see, this isn't the first time I've heard a story involving my grandpa and a treasure that was potentially offered to him. There have been recent developments in particular with that story. It all began around 30 years ago in my dad's hometown in Mexico. My dad and his siblings were at the family home, and at the far end of the backyard they were digging a large hole in the ground because they were going to do some construction on that spot. After digging a few feet, they found two shocking things. One was a small wooden box. And to say the least, what they found inside was very disturbing. Inside were the skeletal remains of what appeared to have been a baby. Now because that town in particular was founded in the early 1500s, it's hard to pinpoint who this baby could have been. But it's safe to say the baby had been buried there for at least a few decades. Now, after dealing with the situation of the small coffin that they found, my dad and his brothers resumed their dig, but they were almost immediately stopped again. You see, right underneath where the baby's coffin was found, they hit what appeared to be a large rock. Naturally, they started digging around it, but soon they realized that what they'd found was either a very large flat rock or a large flat slab of cement that had purposefully been buried a few feet underground. Even though that sounds strange, after inspecting it further, my dad confirmed that a thick layer of cement had been placed there, as if to... block something. Since they weren't sure whether to break through, they consulted with their dad, my grandpa, Now this is where the story gets a little weird. You see, my grandpa followed my dad to the hole that they'd been digging to take a look at the slab of cement that they just found. But he says that my grandpa just stood there for a few seconds, just staring. After a bit of silence, he gave the order. Seal that up. We're never going to dig here again. And that was that. Despite the hours that my dad and his siblings had spent digging that hole, it was sealed and the planned construction was abandoned. Now why would my grandpa decide to scrap all the plans just like that, you may ask? Well, while we'll never know for sure, as he's no longer here to tell us, my dad has an idea, due to the conversation he had with my grandpa after they sealed the hole. My dad asked why they didn't just want to break through the cement. And my grandpa replied, We don't need what's buried down there. It'll only bring bad luck for the family. 
That's when my dad remembered the rumours he'd heard regarding the property. Apparently somewhere on or near the property, there was a large amount of gold that was hidden away years ago. But my dad always assumed it was nothing more than a rumour, until that moment. You see, he knew of my grandpa's abilities and of his character itself. His guess was in those few seconds, my grandpa was stood staring at something next to the hole that no one else could see. He must have heard something from an unseen entity, and rather than fall into greed, he valued his family over the potential of riches. You see, time and time again, something that commonly breaks families apart is the fighting that ensues after money gets introduced. Or at least, my grandpa was a firm believer of this concept. But anyway, pretty soon after the hole was sealed, a common occurrence that started happening at the home was thuds coming from the backyard. On random occasions, my dad would hear noises coming from the far end of the backyard, as if something was thumping upon the heavy slab of cement, as well as noises as if someone were once again digging the hole. I myself remember seeing the remnants of that hole as a young child when I would visit the home, because whilst the hole was sealed, there was still a very wide but shallow depression in the ground, probably around a foot deep, where the digging had taken place. Now comes the final detail to this story, and the reason I decided to submit this after months of writing it, stopping, coming back to it and repeating that process. Fairly recently, I heard my dad on the phone speaking angrily with my uncle, because of the story my uncle had just told him. Apparently, an old man had been asking around if he could go and inspect something in the backyard, and whilst he wasn't allowed in my dad's old family home, where my uncle now lived, the neighbours did allow him to inspect their backyard. Apparently, this is how the story went. When he entered their backyard, he pulled out two dried-up scorpions and held them in his hands and started walking round, similar to how people use bronze dowsing rods to find water, or sometimes spirits. After walking around for a bit, he ended up at the far corner of the backyard, right on the connecting wall that connects the neighbour's yard with my uncle's yard, in the same spot where my dad and his brothers originally dug their hole, but just on the other side of the separating fence that separates the two properties. After a bit of convincing, the old man was given permission to bring some tools and dig on that spot, we never learned exactly what he told the owners of the property to convince them to allow him to dig. But, ultimately, he was allowed to dig. After a few hours, my uncle's neighbours walked out to check up on him because they noticed he'd quieted down. But they found no one. The old man was gone. All that was left of him was his digging equipment, like a shovel and a pickaxe a small ladder to climb in and out of the hole, and a deep hole with what appeared to be an indentation at the bottom in the shape of a box. Needless to say, the homeowners were furious that he'd just dug a big hole in the garden 
and left without even picking up his digging equipment. But they weren't as furious as my uncle and my dad after hearing of the aftermath. It looks like ever since that man dug the hole and took whatever it was he was searching for, the negative activity at my uncle's home has skyrocketed. It seems as if one person in particular, one of my uncle's sons, has been taking the brunt of the negative activities. Now, I won't say the house has been clean of the supernatural prior to this. They've had stuff getting thrown around, shadow figures being seen, disembodied voices being heard. But I can't even imagine how bad it must currently be if my uncle and his family, who have never complained about the activity this far, have finally reached a point where things are too much for even them. We can only hope things get better, and that some form of karma exists and gets back at the old man that seems to have found the thing that my grandpa was adamant about keeping buried six feet under. A huge thank you to Alejandro for sending in his true paranormal experience, and it really does go to show that sometimes you don't want to mess with things you truly don't understand and it would appear your grandfather knew that message more than anyone. Such a fantastic story, Alejandro. If you have a story like Alejandro, send it through to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com because although we've filled our remit for Season 9, we do have a couple of slots that may potentially change should the right story come along. And that brings us to a close of Episode 2 of Season 9. Don't forget you can find The Dark Paranormal on all social medias. Search for The Dark Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram and join The Dark Paranormal Society over on Facebook. It's our little group that we've formed over there. I can't wait to speak to you all again next week when we revisit the infamous Room 232. Be sure to go back to Season 7 to refresh yourself for that episode. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you on Sunday for another episode of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I'll see you here next week for episode 3. In the meantime, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave a bit of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next week here on The Dark Paranormal. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.